So we're going to be starting this new series this morning that I get the blessing to open, and it's called The Other Side of But. The Other Side of But is what this series is going to be. And I'll explain that, but it's going to be for the next few weeks, and you're probably asking, okay, The Other Side of But, what does that look like? Well, I'll kind of explain it. The idea behind it is this. You have one side of but practically in our lives, right? In our lives, there's kind of two sides to but. One side is the, the normal human tendency. It's the excuses. It's the disobedience. It's the blame, the darkness, the hopelessness, the death, being dead. But then there's another side of but, the other side of but. And that is more reasons instead of excuses, Obedience, not disobedience. Light, not dark. Hope, not hopelessness. And life, being alive, not death. So you kind of see there the opposites, the contrasting parts of those. Kind of the two sides of but. That's the idea behind it. We're going to talk about topics such as temptation, suffering, the second coming, and kind of the both sides of those. The choices, the buts with those. The approach. Everything that goes with them. One week we're going to talk about before but alive. I mean, I'm sorry, before but after. That makes better sense. That's what I'm excited for that week and how that's going to look and the approach that that's going to have to it. And this week, like I already told you, it's dead but alive. That's going to be our focus. With all these topics, we're going to look at both sides and how it all goes together. Our scriptures this morning, in case you want to start turning, they will be Genesis 3 on page 3. Easy to remember. We're going to go to Exodus 4 after that, which will be on page 58. And then we will end this morning in Ephesians 2, which is page 1217. So it's just going to flow right through it. Genesis 3, Exodus 4, Ephesians 2. The approach that we're going to take this morning to kind of feel you on how this is going to flow, the journey we're going to be on, is we're going to start off on the wrong side of but. We're going to start, start off with dead, death. And then we're going to move into the butt stage, the in-between, dead, but alive. And I'm going, to, I'm going to approach the butt stage as the here and now, you and me, right here sitting here, living life, the butt stage, the choices. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, we all have choices and decisions we make throughout this physical life that we're living right now. That's the in-between stage. Then we'll end in the alive, the life stage. That's going to be the flow that it goes to. And we're going to have a great journey. We're going to start off with Adam. We're going to go to Moses, Joseph, and Jesus. It's going to be an incredible journey that God has for us this morning. And I'm confident that the points we have this morning are going to pop right off Scripture for you. Scripture will speak for itself this morning. I'm confident in that with the main items that God has put on my heart. But that's kind of how it's going to flow. That's how we're going to go with this and approach this dead but alive. And before we do, we must get on board. Okay, We must... Accept the fact and get on board right now that we start off on the wrong side of butt. We start off spiritually dead. We all start off like that. And we all make excuses. Whether you believe in Jesus Christ or you don't, you make excuses. I make excuses. I don't know what yours is. I don't know what excuses you made in the past. Maybe you're making excuses right now in your life. I hope this morning's message encourages you to move forward with maybe a different perspective. Help you with decision making. And as I think of excuses, and I was preparing this sermon, I came across this article 
in the Reader's Digest. And this was not a joke, by the way. This was a serious article. Although these examples I'm going to use had me scratching my head, literally scratching my head. I read these and I'm like, wow, it was excuses and it fit well because we're going to talk about that a lot this morning in that but stage of how we live our life. Do we make excuses or do we make reasons? That's kind of where that's going to go. Well, this article was excuses people use not to show up to work, to do the work they had to do. One of those examples was I would show up to work today, but I got stuck in the blood pressure machine at the grocery store. Yeah, that was really used. The second one, I would show up to work today and do the work I had to do, but I accidentally ate cat food instead of tuna and I'm deathly ill. That was used. Another one, I would show up to work today, but I broke my arm trying to catch my sandwich from falling. And then the last one, and this one I have to just stop with so we can move on because this was the one I found to be the most head-scratching, was I would show up to work today, but I have to attend the funeral of the pet of my wife's cousin because I am the uncle and the pallbearer. <laughs> that was really used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I do hear some doozies in my, my full-time job that I have. There's some doozies when you're hiring people, letting people go that you hear of, why they couldn't show up to work. Yeah. And we all make excuses. We can relate to that. Hopefully not that extreme. If any of you have actually used one of them, I apologize. Hopefully not. But we all do make excuses in our life. And that fit well with kind of opening this up this morning. And it fits well to where we're going to start and jump right in this morning in Genesis 3. Because we're going to see excuses. Okay, We're going to see Adam and Eve. We're going to see excuses, choices starting off on the wrong side of butt and why you and I start off on that side. And to kind of give you a summary, many of us know this, those that don't, hopefully this will teach you a little something briefly. But to get into this, God created the heaven and the earth. God created the animals, the water, everything. God created all things. He created mankind and He created it good. He says it Himself. Everything was created good. God says that. Even before then, he created angels. And Lucifer, Satan, the deceiver, the serpent, had an issue, I'll say, with pride, and probably many other things got in the way. He considered himself to be equal with God. Well, we know that's not going to happen. That's not going to go over well. That's not pleasing to God. So he experienced a fall, separation, death, darkness. And by the way, there's more to come for him. But he experienced that. Well, when we get into Genesis 3 right here, we find out that the serpent, Satan, the deceiver, it's going to enter mankind now. It's going to enter through Adam and Eve and enter to you and me. And that's where we're going to start off this morning. That mankind will now experience a fall similar to that of the deceiver. I'll start off in Genesis 3. I'm going to say our point before I even read it. Because I really feel like if I say the point, it's going to help it pop. It's going to help the point pop as I read this. And our first point this morning is we can either choose the wrong side or the right side of butt. We can either choose the wrong side or the right side of butt. Let us read starting off in Genesis 3. And by the way, we're going to do some lengthy reading. Many of you know I love to keep, keep our head in Scripture. I love to let God's Word speak. I just want to be used to draw out some main things God puts on my heart. It's that simple. So let us read. Block out everything going on in your life right now. You gave a loud amen that you are alive and here to read God's Word, so let's do it. Verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 1. The fall. Very fitting. 
Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruits of the tree in the garden, but God said, God had directed it, commanded Adam this, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. So right there, there's going to be a choice that needs made. But God said, the right side of but. Now in verse 4, the serpent's side, the wrong side. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. And here's the serpent blaming God, speaking of excuses and blame. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight, delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God, from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And here's a third huge but in this whole part right here. But the Lord God called, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to me, who you gave with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So right there you see three huge buts. But God said, but Satan said, and but the Lord called. And you see one huge choice right there, one huge, huge bad choice. See, Adam and Eve chose the wrong side of but. And because of that, Romans 3.23 tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's you and me. That's all of us. We start off on the same side, spiritual death. 1 Corinthians 15.22, that verse says, for as in Adam, all die. That's 1 Corinthians 15.22. As in Adam, all die. And I just told you Romans 3.23. So I think we can all agree, we start off on the wrong side. They made a choice. Now with that being said, we have a choice. The biggest choice of life. Life or death? Dead but alive. What side of butt will you live on? What side of butt will I live on? The big choice. Now if you're in here this morning, and for you, that's ABC stuff. I believe in Jesus Christ. I don't got to worry about that no more. You would agree that every day in your life, you have a choice to make right now. Every day in your life, there's still a but God said, but Satan says. Which way do I want to go with this choice? Job, direction. I want this way. God, I think, might want this way. That's a process. That's prayer. That's trust. That's confidence in God. We all have choices to make. That's the first point. And then we've seen the blame and the excuses. The man blamed the woman. The woman blamed the serpent. The serpent was blaming God. There was all kinds of, there's enough blame and excuses to go around for everybody. And when I think of excuses, like I mentioned earlier, I think of us and how we, may, we do the blame. We make the excuses sometimes. We have the wrong perspective. 
praise God, he does the initiate, he does the calling. I love how he initiated in that third big but, but God called them. God did the initiating. Why did he do that? Do, you, do we really think God didn't know where they was hiding? Do we really think God didn't know who deceived them? God is all-knowing, past, present, future. God knows. This is more of a parent-to-their-child type thing, where some of you may be able to relate to this. Your child comes to you. You know what they did. You know exactly who did it. You know the problem, but you want to hear it. You want the confession. You want the acknowledgement. You want the repentance. That's what God wants. He wants the acknowledgement, the confession, the repentance. He initiates the relationship. The excuses, the choices we make in our life, God wants to hear us. We go to God in prayer with it all. He wants to hear us acknowledge our battles, our struggles. He knows. He knows already. But He desires that relationship with us. And when I think of excuses, it's going to move us right into the but stage now. We start off dead. Dead but alive. Now let's go to the but. And like I said, this is the here and now. This is you and me right now, living beings, sitting here, living our life. Christians or non-Christians? This is right now. Excuses. The buts. And the first approach is going to be in Exodus 4 with Moses. And we're going to use Moses. Moses did some amazing things. This morning, God put on my heart to use Moses for the wrong side of but still. And the here and now, we're going to use Moses as an example for excuses. For when God calls us to something, we tend to make excuses of why we can't instead of reasons why we can. That's what we're going to use with Moses. And to set the scene for this in the summary, Moses has just been talked with God and God says, okay, Moses, here's what you're going to do. You are going to deliver my people out of Egypt. You're going to deliver them from slavery. You're going to deliver them from bondage so that they can be delivered to a land that I have ready for them that I had planned for them. That's what Moses called him to do. Does that sound familiar to you right now? Because guess what? We are called to a very similar thing. As, child, as a child of God, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are called right now to deliver, be used like Moses, to deliver people from a land they don't belong. This Egypt for them. They don't belong here. Were to be used as a vessel, a tool to deliver them out of it. They were delivered out of slavery. We deliver people out of sin by God using us just like He did Moses. So that they can be delivered into a land that God has prepared for them for eternity. That's how we get used. So hopefully that sounds familiar to you. And I think some of us, including me, tend to make excuses when it comes to some of that path and that process that God wants to do in that. Our second point this morning, and then we're going to draw it right out of Scripture. Nice and simple. Our buts and excuses prove our disability, but God is faithful and proves His ability. Our buts and excuses prove our disability, but God is faithful and proves His ability. Exodus 4, page 58, if you're using the Bible that's provided. It's going to be 1 through 17. Listen to Moses as I read this, and then listen to every response God has to Moses' excuses and situation. Verse 1, then Moses answered, and here you go, fourth word in the, fourth word in the verse, but, right off the bat, the Mo, then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. When God wants to use him to do this, this is Moses' excuse right off the bat. They will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not 
appear to you? The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. Now here's a butt on the other side. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it. And it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put out your hand, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it out on the dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. Here you go. Another one. Excuse from Moses. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go. And I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. And the third excuse. But he said, O Lord, O my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is there not Aaron your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand this staff, with which you shall do the signs. So you see it right there. You see the buts and the excuses, the disability of Moses all throughout there. There was at least three buts of Moses. of not. They won't listen to me. They won't listen to me, God. I'm not a good speaker. No, God, please send somebody else. See, Moses had doubt. He made excuses not to instead of reasons to do. That was the problem, the disability. But God every time proved faithful and proved his ability. How did he do it? A staff, a healed hand, water turned to blood. Using Aaron, every excuse Moses had, God had the answer. He had it right there. And he said, I am with you. I will do it. I'm just using you, Moses. I am with you. I won't, he, I, God will not leave us, not forsake us. Listen, brother or sister, all of you in this room, I don't know what you're going through right now. I really don't. But perspective and attitude is everything. We can either make excuses or we can make reasons. It's everything. God is with you. God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. What is your staff? What is your healed hand? What is your water? Who is your Aaron? Look around. It's all around you. Your proof is your life. Look at your past. Look at where God has brought you. God is with you and He's going to continue to be. No excuses. Reasons. No doubt. Trust. And we struggle like Moses. We can relate. We doubt. We make excuses. Trust. Trust God. And when I think of trust, I think of the transition now that we're going to make. 
Now we're going to transition because right now that can seem a little sad, right? Death, excuses. Yeah, I know we are disabled, but now, but now, let's do the transition. Let's look at the right side of but, the alive part, okay? But let's stay focused in the here and now for a moment, okay? Because God put on my heart Joseph for a reason. I'm going to read our third point, and then I'm not going to read Scripture for this, because I think it's, this is just going to be brief and take care of itself. It's going, to, it's going to make good sense to you, okay? Here it is. Our story is working out for God's glory. That's the third point, okay? Our story is working out for God's glory. Moses, that was hard for him to see that, okay? Joseph, he's going to get us focused on the right side of but now, how we can, instead of excuses, make reasons too. Instead of doubt, how we can trust. Because Joseph is a man, think of your life right now and some of your rough circumstances, okay? Joseph is a man who was falsely accused of violating a woman. That he did not do it. He was innocent, but he was accused of it. He was thrown into prison. He was wanted to be murdered by his own family, his brothers. He was thrown in a pit, left to die by his own family, his brothers. He was sold into slavery. And we could go on and on and on. You talk about a reason for tough circumstances, a reason to make excuses. This is Joseph. And in Genesis 50, 20, his brothers are in his presence. And I won't go through the whole story, but basically Joseph has an opportunity for revenge if he wants it. Their father had died. Joseph had some power and some control. And he could get revenge on his brothers, and that's exactly what his brothers feared. That dad's gone now. We're done. He's going to get us. That pit we threw him in, selling him into slavery, it's coming. We're done. Our brother's going to get us back. Here's Joseph's response to them. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Tough circumstances. He made reasons instead of excuses. He trusted God. He's he seen that his story was working out for God's glory. But do you notice something common there with Joseph and Moses? What does he say? So that people would be kept alive. Moses was being used so God's people would be rescued and delivered. Joseph was being used so that people would be kept alive. That's why you and I are here today. Not just so we grow, but so people can be kept alive. Will it be excuses or will it be reasons? When I think of trust, when I think of confidence, when I think of tough circumstances, I think of my daughter Whitney right now, and my brother Jason and little Malachi. Many of you have asked and asked and asked me, so this kind of fits well right now, so I'll use it here. I'll give you kind of a brief update with both, actually, because it fits so well when I talk trust and I trust and I talk confidence and reasons to instead of not to in this but stage of life in the middle. On the, how to be on the right side. Here's what Whitney wrote. And I got, her, I got her approval to read this, by the way. But she wanted to update people because many were asking. And she's obviously busy. She didn't have time. Here's what she wrote to update them. As many of you know, we welcomed our beautiful baby boy to this world a little or a lot earlier than expected. Malachi Daniel Gosser was born on July 11th at 10 a.m. at 27 weeks and three, three days. And he weighed three pounds. First, I'll correct that because I'm grandpa, and I believe he was 2 pounds, 14 ounces. But we'll go with 3 pounds. Ever since, he has been in the NICU and has been doing great considering the circumstances. 
He has already made so much progress and going through this journey has already become a blessing in ways that were surprising to me. Many people have reached out asking how they can help us and it has been so amazing to see our brothers and sisters in Christ, the body of Christ, rally alongside us. It's been a great reminder to us how important and beautiful that is. With how busy things have been, I have not had the opportunity to reach out to each person who helped us individually yet. Although, please know that time is coming. But please know we are more grateful than we can express. And here you go. Listen to this. This whole experience so far has been extremely humbling. Anyone who knows, and this part's going to relate to a lot of you in this room right now and myself, because we're like this. Anyone who knows Tristan and I, even in the slightest, know that we are planners. We like to think we are in control. Walking through these last few weeks has served as a needed reminder that we are most certainly not in control. God is. And seeing God provide for us in these last few weeks has been something that I will never exactly be able to put into words. But what I do know is when we walk out of those doors with our baby one day, we will be walking out with not only a stronger marriage, but a stronger faith and a beautiful son that we will never take for granted. Every diaper change, every feeding, every sleepless night is a gift. Malachi's name in Hebrew means messenger of God, and he will already have quite the story to tell. Some may wonder how we can say God is at work in a trying time like this, but I can assure you there's never been a time in my life, and I have always had a strong faith from a young age, that I have seen God work at more or have felt near to his presence. God is so good. God is in control. God is our provider. I am not. Thank goodness for that. LOL, has a LOL after it. That's what she wrote. That's the update. I think it speaks for itself. Malachi's doing well, by the way. So that's good. That's reasons, not excuses. Tough circumstances. Speaks for itself. My brother Jason, many of you asked about him. He has a surgery coming up on Wednesday. On one of his legs, unexpected. Um, good news, one of his legs healing good. One of his arms healing good. One of his legs is not. So he's going to go in Wednesday and get a surgery. A little disappointing. Um, get some skin grafting done. But he made a comment to my mom on their way home that, um, you know, there's probably a soldier somewhere getting his leg amputated. Yeah. No excuses. Reasons. No doubt. Trust. That's how to live on this side of butt. The right side of butt in the here and now. Now, it also brings us to the last point, okay? Joseph reminds us, right? Those stories remind us of how to live on the right side. Well, now it's going to get us into how, how to end the sermon on the right way, okay? And it's so encouraging, so joyful. It's everything. It's everything, as a matter of fact. It's the right side of butt, and it's life. It's alive, dead but alive. And it's going to bring us full circle, full circle, right to where we started. We started in Genesis 3 on this little mini journey we've been on. It's going to bring us to Genesis 3 for a moment. One verse I'm going to read to you that shows that not only does God initiate, God knows He has a plan. He had a plan at the beginning. Listen at Genesis 3.15. I'll read this to you. You don't have to turn there. But it's just, it, we just read it. Everything that happened with Adam and Eve. And here's God's words to the serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's, during, that's right then and there. God knows. God had the way. Full circle back to Genesis 3. Okay, our fourth point this morning, because it's going to tie all this together. You'll see where it says read. 
in your, and God didn't give me a phrase, a sentence, a little fill-in to help us remember. He gave this Ephesians 2, right in there. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. Because our last point is going to be God's Word itself. And I'm going to read it to you this morning. And I want you to read it tonight. And I want you to read it later this week. And I want you to read it and read it and read it. Because you know that same verse I said earlier, 1 Corinthians 15, 22, for as an Adam all die? Well, there's a comma and there's a rest of that verse. And the rest of that verse says, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. We are dead in the first Adam. We are alive in the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15.45, just a few verses down, says, Thus it is written, The first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Dead, but alive. All because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, died on the cross for our sins, rose again from the dead, and is going to return one day. That's what it's about. That's the choice. The biggest choice that we have. Adam and Eve had choices, chose the wrong side. We have a choice. Some of us have chosen it. We're on the right side. Some of us aren't. And you're on the wrong side. You're spiritually dead. And you're going to have eternal death. You have a choice to make. And I pray it's on your heart right now and you have a conviction to make the right choice. Because you can do that. You can do that this morning. I'm going to read Ephesians 2 for our fourth point. We end with life. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. That's the serpent. That's the deceiver. That's Satan. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But brothers and sisters, before I read that next verse, i got to tell you, We've had a lot of butts this morning and excuses and, and with Moses and all throughout it. But this, I feel, is probably the biggest but of this whole message. But God. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. Dead but alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us, seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and the kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Now catch this. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. And here you go. We can do this a lot right now in the here and now. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That sums it up pretty good to me. Dead, but alive. And as we live these lives today, we're called for good works. Some of those good works are reasons, not excuses. Those good works are hope, not hopelessness. Obedience, not disobedience. Sharing the gospel. Spreading truth. I love how Spurgeon says, you are alive, so be alive for the truth. See, we believe in the truth, we live the truth, we share the truth. That's part of those good works. That's what we're here to do. We have a mission. God wants to use us just like Moses, just like Joseph. It can either be excuses or it can be reasons. Let's go with the reasons. Let us encourage you this morning 
to you want to go. No, yes, I, I, if for me it is but God, not but Satan. Now, I don't go share the gospel with them, but God. Do it. Nah, don't grow, don't, don't grow, don't study God's word no more. You know enough, but God, not but Satan. See, for all of us, for all of us, we're all in the same boat right here, okay? And you can either have, whether you're my brother or sister in Christ, or you're not. There's you, and you can either receive the deception or the deliverance. There's you, and it can either be Satan or Savior. There's you, and it can either be hell or heaven. There's you, and you can either fall victim to the villain or the victor. And that is Jesus Christ, and that's for us all. I pray that God put, a, put something on your heart this morning to encourage you that you once were dead, but now you are alive. But now we have work to do. And I want to give you a moment as we close this morning. Our points are done. God's Word has went out. Right now, God is working in this place. He's working in all your hearts and your minds. I have to give you the opportunity. He put it on my heart to give you a moment. Okay, I want to give you just a moment of silence. Because just like He initiated, He initiated with Adam and Eve. Where are you? Who called you? I want you to have a moment right now because God is initiating a call in your life right now because you have a lot going on in your life. Where's God calling you? Where are you at? He wants to hear from you right now, right here, not waiting. He wants you to acknowledge it. He wants to hear you come to Him with it. I want to give you a moment of silence and I'm going to close this in prayer.